0: This is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self evolution. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the glory in our stories. good afternoon and good evening welcome to the glory in our stories freshman edition this is episode 58 Uh, i'm your host calvin pinwell jr today i am with miss ebony wells Um, she's actually the second freshman other than myself and my fiance and uh, deja ariana who was our first uh, interviewee uh, for this um, series that i started about a couple of weeks back Um, But I really wanted to cater a couple episodes to incoming freshmen and just college students. I think uh, the college experience in itself has evolved a lot in the last 10 years and there's so many things that I can't even keep up with. So I'm just curious as to not just learn about people who are currently in school but who've been in school and about you all's experience. Uh, but first of all, thank you yeah, for your time. Thanks for having me. And um, thank you for initially sharing. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to know, are you a Augusta native?
1: Sort of. Uh, my dad was in the military, so mm-hmm. I was born in Kansas, stayed there probably maybe one or two years. Went to Germany. I've lived in Texas, Germany mm-hmm. the second time, and then finally settled here. So yeah. um, if I don't feel like talking, yeah, I'm from Augusta. But <laughs> <laughs> if I want to share, you know. I'm a military kid, really. So.
0: Yeah. It's funny. A lot of people that I've interviewed, like, at some point in time, mm-hmm. whose families were in the military, Germany was home oh, yeah. at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, at what point did you live in Germany? Were you, like, very young?
1: Yeah, I was pretty young. The first time, I don't really remember, is before I was even in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second time was pretty much all of elementary school. Yeah. So it was a good little while.
0: How was school for you? Did you...
1: It was good, yeah. I mean, when you're young, you don't really know the difference. And then it's on an American base, so yeah, um, it's kind of like Little America, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they teach you German. You have German classes and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. I liked it.
0: Do you speak German? A
1: little bit. A little I'm bit. say a cuss word or two. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, stuff like that. That's about it. The only thing
0: I know is nine. That's yeah. no, right? Mm-hmm. No. Because I've heard um, people say it in movies, and um, there's this actor you ever seen it? What is it? Um, Django? I haven't. I'm sorry. Oh, so goodness. No, I haven't.
1: Oh, what about Inglorious Bastards? Oh. Any movie I probably should have seen, I haven't seen. On, I'm just starting right there.
0: Because <laughs> he's been in, like, a lot of... But he, he's known for mm-hmm. speaking German. And I got you. it's just... I think it's pretty cool. But yeah, I, pretty cool. I, I can never know if there's somebody cussing or not. Mm-hmm. You see the subtitles, yeah. but sometimes they don't show that. Sure, yeah. Um, but, um, so as far as, I'm actual obvious question. <laughs> when did you shoot up in height? I or have you always been
1: tall? It was early. Like, I've been... Probably this height, maybe an inch or two shorter since I was like in sixth grade. Man, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's cool now to be tall, but when you're young people are like, why are you so tall? Like, how'd you get that way? And I mean, yeah. You don't really know what to say. Yeah. And then moving so much from being in the military, my dad being in the military anyways, mm-hmm. it's like you had to go through the same thing every three years, like the questions and making new friends and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, it, you know, pluses and minuses, but yeah, I've always been tall.
0: So the, I guess people call it, I guess the three year itch. Do you get to a certain point in your life where you like ready to move somewhere else? Yes. Like really? Yeah. All even the now time. as the Even adult. now,
1: all the time. Wow. Like, I've been here a long time. Like, even I went away for college, and I'm just, like, there for maybe a year or two, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's about that time to start going. Yeah. So, I think that's why I moved, you know, I went to school first. I was in Florida, and then when I transferred, I went to Philly. Mm-hmm. And after Philly, I went to Ireland, and then I finally came back home. So, yeah. even now, I, like, want to move. <laughs> it's just expensive now, so I really can't. But.
0: Well, yeah. uh, does your circle of friends change or do you have somebody from like way back when that you still stay in contact with
1: I have since I've been here I have one person probably that I've been friends with since probably like my 10th grade year in school yeah Mm -hmm. but my college friends there's a few people I still keep in contact with Um, and then there's a couple girls from when I was in Germany. We mm-hmm. keep in contact on Facebook here and there, but as far as like lifelong friends since I was in diapers, no. No. <laughs> They're non existent.
0: So, would you say that majority of people probably are introduced to the friends that they know for the rest of their life in college?
1: Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I was only at Florida State for two years, mm-hmm. there's two I'd say two or three people that I still talk to to this day yeah and one girl I haven't seen in a few years the other one I haven't seen since I left Florida State Mm -hmm. and we're still cool like definitely to meet people in college who you're friends with forever
0: yeah um so what what was your freshman do you remember like what was your freshman year like oh I remember (laughs) (laughs)
1: you know it's funny because I've always envisioned like you know what one day I'm gonna either write a book or you know be interviewed about what my experience was like and I always practiced what I was gonna say yeah which is probably why I've never been asked to talk about it because yeah. I wasn't mature enough I would say to, <laughs> to talk about it in a mature way um, but it was very eye-opening mm-hmm. so coming from a military family um, my parents were really big in church and stuff like that so yeah. I came from an environment where um people were always rooting you on and had your back and really really wanted you to succeed mm-hmm. but that's not really how the world is right like yeah. your circle may want you to succeed um but the world in general isn't really um, programmed for growth like that for you mm-hmm. to succeed and be in a good place right so yeah. i came from a tiny place you know the military life church life and then life in grovetown georgia right <laughs> going to harlem high Grovetown High we're like the person, like you are that person, to going into a world where people don't really care about you, Mm -hmm. Um, so it was really, really eye-opening, I had a really hard time with it, Mm -hmm. so freshman year was really tough, a time of growth, um, a time to mature, and I fell on my behind most (laughs) of the year, Um, but it made me, it made me who I am, it helped me realize, um, you know, that the world's some of it's good, um, mm-hmm. but most of the time it's just really crappy. Yeah um, So they helped me with that. And, and the transition, like I said was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. but it made me me it made me better. so and now yeah. puts me in a position to help other people and tell my story and kind of mentor younger girls who are going into college and even younger guys too yeah. um, The process is pretty much the same either way. So
0: I'm glad you said that because not you don't hear a lot of women say you know I speak to young men mm-hmm. and women especially men, because I think you all's perspective, if told from you Mm -hmm. to us, is very important, opposed to just listening to some other guy who Mm -hmm. thinks he knows what you all's experience is like, and it is not the case. So I really, I personally thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, no problem. Because
0: we needed that back in college. I didn't, I mean, I had some insight from my sisters who were in college, and I probably already graduated, Mm -hmm. but to have somebody there to inform me, Mm -hmm. it would have saved me a lot of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, you think as a man that you know Like say if you're dating someone mm-hmm. A woman in college And you think you understand what she's experienced I mean she's going through the same thing you're going through She's trying to maintain a degree mm-hmm. Or trying to establish a degree, degree Trying to learn who she is About who she is And then she's trying to deal with you and your mess And just having to carry that yeah. So I just thank you for speaking To not just the women but the guys as well Because right, we yeah. we need to be checked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be checked. Um so when did you start playing basketball?
1: I was like somewhere between 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. We were just about to leave Germany and it's funny because there was this there was this guy, he had a team and honestly the only reason I started playing since he was really cute and <laughs> he needed an extra person for his team like yeah. that was my first time ever ever playing i was a cheerleader before that as mm-hmm. tall as i was um i was a rec cheerleader in germany all my sisters my brother played my dad coached and i was just like mm, that's not really for me yeah but this guy asked me to play and then um from then on they wouldn't let me stop playing like to be honest <laughs> like, i think i told you i didn't even want to play um, oh, wow. so all the way up through college and even when i went to ireland like basketball was not my love like mm-hmm. I really really wanted to play volleyball but I was better at basketball yeah. so they were not letting me let that go I think my mom and my dad knew about like they didn't know everything but they kind of mm-hmm. knew about you know you can get scholarships like basketball can take you places yeah. um, so they made me stick with it and at the time I really really resented them for that yeah. um, and I couldn't wait to be honest the whole time I was in college um, I, it was a countdown. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. wait for, you know, the season to be over. I couldn't wait. I loved going to school, but I didn't like playing basketball. Yeah. And then when you get to college, it becomes a job. It becomes, you know, your life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another reason why it was a big adjustment for me. But it definitely took me places, got me degrees, helped me travel the world. Um, I'm grateful for it now. But at the time, no, nah. <laughs> <laughs> not so much.
0: Man, I, uh, I dated a girl in high school that played volleyball and she was she was pretty good and I saw a video of I forgot the term for it but it's, is it volleying like you you got three Rally? yes mm-hmm. and just going back and forth for a whole mm-hmm. minute and I mean they just going at it until finally somebody just tipped it and nobody was there to catch it but it was just it was so riveting and exciting mm-hmm. so when you said that's what you initially wanted to do I mean I I mean, it's, an, it's an exciting oh, yeah. sport. It definitely
1: is. Very, very different from basketball, but yeah. very exciting. Small space, mm-hmm. but you're working in, yeah. that, in that small amount of space, yeah.
0: What up, Tegas listeners? This is Calvin Pennywell, Jr., your host of t the glory in our stories i don't just produce podcast episodes but i also record music i have a few projects out now including two eps titled born and born part two the list also includes three playlists color me mad the Stonebreaker," and hellstorm they can be found on my soundcloud account as well as noisetrade.com that's noisetrade.com check it out and i hope you inspired At any point, did you have an opportunity to play,
1: or you just... Uh, sort of. So we went to the state um, tournament when I was a freshman. I was at Harlem High, mm-hmm. and one of the referees said that if I spent as much time, like, in the summertime as I did with AAU and stuff, yeah. if I just transferred that over to the volleyball, then I could be really, really good. Um, but we had already invested so much in... In basketball and I was already further along it would have took me longer to catch up with volleyball than it did basketball yeah Um, so I played in in high school and stuff like that but as far as summer my parents don't didn't know anything about (laughs) that like we're a basketball family like that's what they knew my dad was one of my very first coaches so Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have I mean it would have been dope yeah but would I have gotten as far never know I try not to think about it as much because you know (laughs) a little bit of a soft spot but you never know really
0: Wow, that's uh that's crazy. Cause I, I used to play baseball when I was little. Mm-hmm. But for some odd reason, this was back when like McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and that were just the guys. Mm-hmm. And one day I just got really interested in basketball, just on a surface level. I never mm-hmm. wanted to play. Like I played street ball, but I never thought I was well good enough to mm-hmm. play. And then one day I decided that I just didn't want to play uh, baseball anymore. My mom was about to take me to practice, and she looked at me because, of course, at this point, you're a child, yeah, your parents are paying for mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and for you to say you don't want to play anymore. Yes. So I said, I, I don't want, and I cried. I cried. I sat in that car, and I said, I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. And I apparently I was good, but it's just that's what that's what my heart wasn't in it, mm-hmm. not anymore. Yeah. So I, from coming from an athletic perspective, I understood that.
1: Yeah, maybe I should have cried, but you know.
0: <laughs> But uh, so, I guess we actually well, it's funny you're speaking about basketball in reference to this. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of NBA athletes reference to the NBA as a tool mm-hmm. at some point. Because they would say, they would get asked all the time, like, do you love the game? like How do you feel about it? And some of them say, I love it, but towards the end of their careers, it was like basketball became a tool because it was a gateway. If I would have mm-hmm. never played, I would have never had any of these opportunities. And then there are some athletes that live and die mm-hmm. by the sport and there's nothing wrong with that but it sounds like you more have a mindset like this is a this is a key oh, that yeah. I can use most to of eventually it. do what I really want to. Mm-hmm.
1: so and I needed that to to be where I am right now right so it teaches yeah. you more than just you know it's a sport and to play the game it teaches you discipline teaches you teamwork um, it teaches you perseverance. Um, it teaches you how to just push through when you really, really, really don't want to do something. Yeah. Um, mentally, if you don't want to do something, it's hard to make your body do it, right? Because your True. mind is a lot stronger than what your body is. Mm-hmm. So if your mind says, you know, I really want don't want to do this, pushing your body past that is even more difficult than when your body's just tired but your mind is strong. Yeah. All right. So it, it paved the way for me to become who I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before I was mentally strong enough to understand how it benefited me. Um, It helped me to get a free education, Um, I was able to get not only my undergrad, but an MBA in finance. And then when I went to Ireland, I was able to get a master's in HR. Hmm. Um, so it paved the way for me to get three degrees in a six year span. Yeah. Would I have been able to do that for free with no student debt, be able to travel the world relatively for free with no debt? Yeah. Um, would I have been able to do that without basketball? Probably not, right? Wow. So um, the discipline and you know sticking through it even though i really didn't want to ended up yeah. paying off and it will pay off for the rest of my life yeah. right so even though you know i was mad and every chance i get i bring it up to my parents like you made me do this right <laughs> <laughs> like i really have to thank them because i wouldn't be where i am and i wouldn't be in a position that i'm in um have the education the experiences and yeah. being all around the world it wouldn't i wouldn't have that if it wouldn't have been for basketball
0: i did not know that your academic resume was
1: that dance, pretty extensive, I right? had no idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that yeah. just sheds light on your dedication, yeah. Overall. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. So, mo- for most people, you hear about, Well, I just go to school so that I can play basketball. For me, it was the complete opposite like, I only played so that I could go to school, yeah. And most people, like, I went to my academic advisors, and I'm like, Look, this is my goal. I want to get my master's and I want to get my undergrad all within the time that I'm in school, and luckily, um, I had to have surgery again on my knee when I was a freshman. So mm-hmm. that year helped me to get, you know, a little bit further ahead to where I had time to get my master's. Yeah. Um, but even, most people don't know that, right? So your parents don't know that. Your academic advisors a lot of times don't really know to fish for that kind of information. So that's something you have to know and go after yourself. Yeah. So if I hadn't had, you know, the academic mindset, then I wouldn't even know myself. But mm-hmm. once I figured it out, I'm like... Now, you know, now it's go time. Now (laughs) like what can I get? If I'm going to be doing this year round, you know what I'm saying, for Mm -hmm. four and five years straight, then what is the most that I can get out of it at that time, sorry. Like what is the most that I can get out of it? Yeah. And so you have to you have to map it out and then you have to go for it because at the end of the day, no one's gonna beg you to spend their money. True. You know what I'm saying? So and I wanna pass that on to other people. When I was at LaSalle um, one of the young ladies had to sit out her freshman year mm-hmm. and so me and her mom were talking about it, her and she was like You know, she really wants to get her masters. And I'm like, oh, it's definitely possible Like if you do this down the third take this many classes each semester mm-hmm. Sorry, my sister don't let up <laughs> Like, You take you know this many classes each semester and then take this many classes while you're in your masters All you need is an extra summer. You can do it all in a year You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like people don't know that yeah. and so I'm like, okay If I hadn't have gone through this down the third, I wouldn't have the knowledge to spread on to other people and be like, hey, you can really do this and you can be great because they're gonna get everything that they need to get out of you. That's true. So why not take your experience and get everything that you can get out of it? It's yeah. an even exchange. It should be an even exchange.
0: Yeah, and I didn't I never thought about that during school. Mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, this is what I have to do, this is what I have to pay, and if I don't, then that means whatever they have, I don't have access mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. But in in this say in this sense, when you have the knowledge and the know how, you're like, you know what? I see the game that they play, mm-hmm. and these are the cards that I have, so this is how I'm going to play them. Not play them in a vindictive way, right, yeah. but to use the system, mm-hmm. basically. It's, to your it's there for you to use, yeah. right?
1: But people just don't know how to take advantage of it and you know what to do and how to maneuver it, so we end up missing out. I feel like a lot of times athletes, and maybe not intentionally, but we get the short end of the stick, right? Yeah. Our bodies are hurting. Mentally, we're exhausted. Physically, we're exhausted. We have to keep up essentially two full-time jobs and in the meantime have trying to have a social life and relationships and all these types of things so why not maximize this opportunity why not you know what i'm saying i have to go to practice for three four or five hours a day and go to class five hours a day like, what am I getting in return? Like, what yeah. am I doing to maximize its experience? So when it's all said and done, even though I walk with a limp, right, <laughs> like, <laughs> I have something to show for it. Like, yeah. I think all athletes should take advantage of that.
0: I, one person in particular that really pushed me into thinking about that mm-hmm. was Zion. Oh, yeah. Because he is, like, the face Of basketball in general, Mm -hmm. college level, NBA, and he's a huge prospect. And now that he's in the NBA, like every pretty much everybody's excited about it. But I was thinking about it, and I said, as much dedication that you put into your sport, Mm -hmm. like how much of that is put into the books? And it's it's no telling what he what sacrifices that he had to make in order to make sure that he was academically stable Mm -hmm. to at least stay on the team. But nobody, I've always wanted to know, what was that experience like having to be an athlete and having to be a student?
1: Mm -hmm. It's rough, but at the same, it's rough, yes, but everything is laid out for you, right? So you know that the academic advisors get your practice schedule. And they're told, you know, make their classes around these times. Mm-hmm. Right, so everything is laid out for you. It's not like you have to figure out. Oh my gosh, when am I gonna study? Yeah. No, you go to practice. You go to class at eight a.m. because you know you have practice at three. So you have maybe a class at eight, nine, and ten. Then you have a break. You're gonna go to practice. You're gonna get out of practice. You'll go to study hall, mandatory Mm -hmm. study hall for everybody and then after that if you need time to study outside of that then you can but you have a certain amount of hours that you have to dedicate to studying because we have sign in sheets and all this other stuff like the higher up you go in athletics or like the bigger the school you go to Mm -hmm. the more structured it is and the more you don't even have to think about it like that's why I had such a hard time when I got done playing so I'm like okay well what am I supposed to do now (laughs) like for six years of my life People made schedules for me. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to wonder. Yeah. I didn't have to plan out, you know, study time or this time. The only thing you have to intentionally do is make time for a social life because that's come secondary. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like basketball, you're not, and I always say you're not, you're really not a student athlete. You're more like an athlete student. Yeah. Because um, basketball is priority. That's how they pay their bills. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like this is their livelihood. So, honey, you got to get on board or you got to get going. Like, yeah so you, you find a way to make it work but at the end of the day you don't really have to find a way because they have the way for you just mm-hmm. literally have to walk the path basically
0: yeah. did you have a personal mentor during college or anybody that you specifically looked to uh-huh.
1: Really, I looked up to my teammate, Chaz. Mm-hmm. Um, Chastity Clayton. She, I probably looked up to her the most because she just had this swagger about her. Like mm-hmm. She was like, you know what, I'm going to be me regardless. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when you're a student athlete, you fall into that role. Like, and it's really, really easy to lose yourself in it. Mm-hmm. But Chaz was like, listen, I'm Chastity. This is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is how I'm going to operate. And I'm going to be good at what I do, but at the same time, you're not going to change who I am to fit some kind of mold that you want me to be. And I was really, really, I really looked up to that because I didn't have, at the time, I didn't have that courage. Mm -hmm. Like, I have it now. I'm like, this is what you get, A.D., you like it, or you don't. But at the time, I didn't have it. Um, So I really looked up to, I would say, Chaz for that.
0: Well, uh, Because I know at some point along this journey, hopefully, no one has to do it alone. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is going alongside you that they're actually nudging you into the right direction and trying to make sure that you obtain that which you is your primary objective and having someone um pretty much i wouldn't say totally take over but say okay it's like going down a river and Mm -hmm. they see that your boat's getting a little bit too far to the edge they're willing to push you back yeah and i i realized like even myself i didn't really have my mindset was just completely different mm-hmm. in college. Like the person that I was, I at some point I was actually upset and at him because the mistakes that he made, I have to clean up now. Yeah. So and I've heard a lot of people say that um, right now, like our future selves are waiting for our current selves to make the best decision. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever informed me of that responsibility. Yeah. The expectations as a family, like. Like all my family, we all educate. We all, well, eventually we'll be educators, mm-hmm. and we've all gone through college and did everything we were supposed to do. And but, as far as individually and what the expectations we have for ourselves, at some point you have to consider that because it's it's just you mm-hmm. at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, true. And I, you know, to be honest, I thought just because of where I come from I thought it was the job of my coaches and the people who are put in place who are supposed to mentor you. Yeah. I thought that it was going to be the same thing that I had been experiencing just on a different level. Mm. But it's not that at all. Yeah. Like there's no there's no babysitting and no let me help you grow up. You mm. you do have some coaches like that who are who are really interested and I don't think it's on purpose or malicious, but they're just so focused on the task at hand that they kind of forget, "Hey, we're little humans. Like we're literally babies. Like yeah. we're coming from where everything was done for us and we're in this place where people are taking care of at least for me, mm. where people are taking care of me. I was very, very I'm still am very spoiled. Like I'm the youngest, you know what I'm saying? I was that person I when too. I was in school. Like you're used to a certain level of of, of protection and, and caring and people taking care of you. Yeah. When I got to college, that transition like you know what I'm saying? My my future self would tell my younger self, like, hey, girl, you're have going you to have to grow up a little bit. No one's <laughs> going to hold your hand and take care of you and help you propel to that next level, yeah. right? And I didn't have that. So it kind of backfired on me a little bit. I had to grow up quick. And to be honest, the reason I left Florida State is because I got kicked off the team.
0: Now, if there's anything that I've personally learned from high school and college is that the layers that protects you as you move up in the educational bracket is um, those layers are slowly removed. Uh, You're protected in high school, sort of protected in in college, but once that um, diploma is placed in your hands, you're then uh, confronted with the reality that, yo, everything that I've been working for is right in front of me. How am I going to handle it? Ebony gives a lot of good advice not just as an individual, but as a college student, and I hope that whoever listens to this—if you're in college or thinking about going back, been out for a while—consider this because these are things that we've sort of been missing out on. But continue to listen. Episode fifty-eight of the Glory Our Stories with Miss Ebony
1: Wells. And so my freshman year, right? When I'm, <laughs> I'm going through. I'm growing up, and I'm, I'm, you know, showing like, hey. Where I come from, I'm the girl, yeah. so I'm gonna need you to treat me like I'm that girl. Yeah. But no, <laughs> right? Because in college, everybody's that girl and that guy, and everybody was good where they came from. Now we're in a big pond, and to be honest, I was the best in Grovetown, but I wasn't the best on the team. Probably the lowest in form of in terms of skill and you know what I'm saying and strength and agility and all that. I was at yeah. the bottom of the totem pole, so it was a very hard adjustment for me, and I didn't know how to do it. So it turned into bad attitude and just really sassy and, and stuff like that. So yeah. my very first year, first impression wasn't that good. I eventually learned how to turn it around my sophomore year, mm-hmm. but I think it was to the point where she was like, I mm, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth that you can't really erase, so yeah. it's better if we just go our separate ways. like i said before i wasn't mature enough to have this type of sit down (laughs) right so in my mind like i'm gonna tell everybody how i felt like you know they didn't have my back and i felt like they did this and they did that but at the end of the day it's not really even though we would like for them to i don't Mm -hmm. think it's their job to help us be adults yeah right the people who are in our lives beforehand AU coaches, uh, mentors, like, me and you. It's our jobs to get them ready for the next level. Mm-hmm. And then if you're lucky enough to have a coach who puts forth, the ex- puts forth the extra effort into helping you grow up, then that's just a bonus. But at yeah. the end of the day, that's not how it is. You go into the real world, and the people who come, who are with you before you get to that point, Need to be able to let you know, like, hey, you're going to have to grow up a little bit. Hey, no one's going to hold your hand. Hey, you ain't the best. They don't (laughs) care where you came from or what you were or how you were. You have to grow up and be, you know what I'm saying, a team player and, and act like, you know, humble yourself, basically. Yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't humble so it <laughs> quickly humbled me
0: Man, I, I, I think one of my issues that I had was I wasn't willing to listen mm-hmm. to other people's perspectives knowing that it could have helped me it could have prevented me from making like, the dumbest, dumbest decisions mm-hmm. I could ever made and even in the process of I wouldn't say arguing but trying to prove a point mm-hmm. when somebody tells me something they're only telling me what they know Right. From what they've experienced And I never took the time to say Hey why don't I consider that mm-hmm. Like this whole time I've been doing things this way But I never thought of it from the other end Because I never had anyone approach me Or mm-hmm. challenge me Yeah, And that's one thing that I had to learn about myself mm-hmm. And me too I was, I'm was i the youngest My family, my sister swear up and down I'm, I'm spoiled, mm-hmm. I don't believe it
1: Oh you probably are
0: <laughs> But if that's the case then I'm just in denial mm-hmm. And thinking back like over the last couple of decades i'm like yeah a little bit. yeah mm-hmm. i was and i mean sometimes you gotta milk it i mean sometimes you do yeah but it comes to a point and they will remind you hey you need, you had to do this just like i did mm-hmm. so you're gonna either do it this way or do it that way and suffer consequences.
1: consequence so, yep. yeah so it i mean do i feel like i wasn't treated as just and fairly as I should have been, yes, of course, hundred yeah. percent. But I'm not gonna sit and pretend like I didn't play a part in um, the way that things went. Like mm-hmm. part of it, part of it was me, most definitely. But on the other hand, I also feel like people in those positions, even even me and you, like right, we've been through college, we've been through being a student athlete. So us as you know, juniors and seniors, we need to talk to the freshmen and impart that knowledge, right? But it's also, I feel like, when I was, even when I was a helping coach at Grove Town, I used to have conversations with the girls, trying to prepare them for what to expect should they go and play in college. And so I feel like the higher up you get, whether it be coaching or just former student athletes, it's our jobs as coaches and former athletes and teammates to impart that knowledge on and pass it down it would, yeah. it would be a lot easier road not only for the coaches but also the student athletes because at the end of the day we're all on the same team you right. need me to mature and grow in order to produce for you yeah. you know what I'm saying and I need to mature and grow so I can be the best for this team and be the best for you and be the best for the people who are coming behind but mm-hmm. it seems somewhere along the line we've lost that yeah. and it just has become one big business where okay, you might not be cutting it. I'm not going to take the time to nurture and care for you. I'm just going to recruit over you and get somebody who may be a little further along in the process. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. So, something, something is broken, and it really, really bothers me, but something's missing, you know.
0: And it's funny because when I was in, because after, last time I played baseball was, I think I was 12. Mm-hmm. That's the last time. So when I got to high school, I thought that I couldn't juggle being an athlete. Okay. And going to school Because I was in class classes with athletes mm-hmm. And some of them didn't really do too well mm-hmm. But that's just the few that I met And I've, there are some athletes who Ain't no telling what they were doing mm-hmm. You just <laughs> knew that for some reason They were doing really well on the team right. But in class, not so much But they graduated with you oh, yeah. And you're like, you know, how did goes. that happen? Mm-hmm. So, but having that mindset as a, I just wish somebody Was able to inform me Like you said mm-hmm. Somebody can say Yeah you can do this All you have to do Is do this 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 mm-hmm. And this is where You will get Yeah So
1: And that's where I want to be Like I want to be In a position Where I can you know, mentor these young people, or even if it's just being a soundboard and telling my story and yeah. saying, you know, things were really, really crappy in the beginning, but somehow I made a way, made a way to finish, and this is how I got to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, that's people, that's all they want, is to be informed and make informed decisions. Yeah. Like I went to one of my old coaches from LaSalle, I went to one of her AU practices, and I just literally sat and told them, you know, at the end of the day, you're good now, but in college, everyone is good. Just yeah. simple information like that like blew their mind. They're like, no way, really? Like, <laughs> like yeah, you're the best here, but you're not going to be the best there. Mm. And just implanting those seeds in their minds and letting them know, like, your schedule is going to be jam-packed, um, letting them know how the recruiting process goes. and yeah. Like, just informing them. For one, they literally have no idea. Like, they don't know what it's like or what it's going to be like. All they see is athletes on TV, and they're like, wow. Like, look at all that glam, look at all that fame, you yeah. know what I'm saying, look at all that fun. But they don't know the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it to get them to that point. Mm-hmm. So just, I'm, I'm a really big, like, I just really believe in informing people. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't even realize how much it would impact them later on. But I promise you, the young ladies that I talk to now in their mind they're like okay I have to be good at some scoring isn't gonna get me where I need to go I have to have that one thing that I'm really good at I have to balance my schedule I have to have a good attitude because when they heard that I got kicked off the team because I didn't have the best attitude, they were like, really? I'm like, yeah, you're not guaranteed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I've, I really believe that I had to go through those things so that I can tell other people. And the more people that I can tell, mm-hmm. I think it will help make their lives that much better once they get to that point. Yeah. So,
0: And it's funny that you said that because when I was in school, I studied literature. Mm-hmm. So in high school, everybody told you, such a good writer. You need to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I agree. I should go to college. And so I can be a better writer. But at that point in high school, I was like, okay, I'm a good writer. Yeah. But when I got to college, I got to like my, I got through all my prerequisites and started taking my core classes. Yeah. I'm like, yo, everybody in this classroom everybody. is a good writer. And especially when we had workshop and you listening to people's, I'm like, hey, my, that was good. Yeah. Like they're, yeah. they're advanced. Like even so, even after we had those classes, some of them, a lot of them went to get their masters and now teaching, a lot of them got published and even creating uh, comic books, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, they took those necessary steps in order to get there. Right. And my journey was different, not better or worse, it was just different. Right. But like you said, you get to a certain point, you need to be knocked down a couple of notches. Mm-hmm. And you remind yourself and center yourself and be like, hey, what do I really want? Right. And it, it, it got to that point where I finally decided what I really really wanted. And all my decisions, I think, were a little bit more easier mm-hmm. to make. Yeah. So, uh, But aside from this, mm-hmm. what would you say was the pros? And you might have already touched base on your pros and cons of your overall college experience.
1: We'll start with the pros. So um, it made me like yeah. who Ebony is today. I wouldn't be that person if it wasn't for what I went through when I was in college. You know? mm-hmm. It taught me discipline. It taught me when things get rough, you don't just quit.
0: Hello again, Tegas listeners and all local vendors and entrepreneurs. There's still free ad space available. Act now and you can be granted 30 to 60 seconds of advertisement on the next two episodes. If you are indeed interested and require more details, contact me via email at mrpennywell8 at gmail.com. That's M-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L, the number 8, at gmail.com, or find me on Facebook under Calvin Pennywell. Stay cool, stay calm, stay kind. Let's continue to uplift, move forward, and branch out. Love each other, but most importantly, love yourself.
1: Right, because there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, the tunnel eventually is going to end, but can you be mentally tough and physically tough, and even when you don't want to do it, find ways to cope, find people to talk to, find a way to get to the end point, Mm -hmm. definitely taught me that. And I use it even today in work. Um, I work at Enterprise, and we all know, like, working at Enterprise is a grind. Mm -hmm. So I just go back mentally to where I was in college and be like, okay, during this point in my college career, this, that, and third was a grind. So what did I do to get through it, and how did I get through it? Right, so it helped me with those tough times during those phases. Um, It taught me to be outspoken but more controlled with it and trust me I'm still working on that part but (laughs) (laughs) um, it taught me how to be me but a more controlled me um, and and tailor me to certain situations right Mm -hmm. so the firecracker me and the you know Let me tell you how things are going to go at this point like there's a time and a place for that Mm -hmm. But when I use it at the wrong time, I got kicked off the seat right (laughs) (laughs) when I use it at the right time The next school that I went to I became a captain. You know what I'm saying so it taught me how to uh, Balance those parts of myself Mm -hmm. Um, And then just taught me I say the biggest thing is perseverance like yeah, people and situations can throw all types of tough things at you and you can get knocked down so many times and people can talk down on you and they can tell you what you can't do and where you're not good at. But at what point are you going to build yourself up and build a wall of positivity and, you know, positive affirmations around yourself so that Mm -hmm. you can walk through the fire and be a better person at the end of it. So I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm glad, but (laughs) I'm thankful that I went through periods of time where people were just throwing things on me and throwing things on me and and telling me you know trying to tear me down because it taught me how to build myself up and keep myself up Mm -hmm. so I say those are the pros Um, the cons um, I became depressed like really really like call my dad every single day and my mom every single day just crying because I couldn't understand Um, why people didn't want me to succeed or I couldn't understand why I was in a position where people weren't as concerned and and helping me be a better person like how come this person doesn't want me like I went through my first bad like my first breakup ever Mm -hmm. and getting kicked off the team at the same time so I was like super-duper low, yeah. right? So I'm calling like, why don't they want me? Or why am I not good enough? Or why this and why that? Um, mm-hmm. That was the hardest thing for me to understand. Yeah. Um, but it turned into, you know, one of the pros, like the perseverance and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that was the hardest part for me because I was just a kid, you know what I'm saying? So going through all that, that was the that was the toughest, probably the biggest con for me.
0: It's funny, uh, that depressive... And I was just about to ask you, have you ever experienced any uh, dark moments? And how did you come out of that? And having our parents, like I remember an incident with me and I remember driving because my mom lives about 30 minutes out. And I remember driving from here just to see her and cry next to her for two hours. I couldn't even say anything. And all she could do was just sit there and just like hold my hand like, I'm here. And we didn't really, we didn't even really talk. We, I just kept sobbing and I'm like, dang. But having people in your corner who, who are that close, that committed and highly aware of who you are and who you can be. There are a lot of students and people that I've come across, their parents talk so down, talk down on them. Incredibly, I'm like, do you not see where your child is? Like, your child is taking advantage of an opportunity that not a lot of people have, but yet they're still not um, adhering to your expectations.
1: And you gotta find, you have to have that, right? So when yeah. I was at Florida State and I was going through my time, mm-hmm. like my dad drove the seven to eight hours took me to a movie, took a nap, and drove right back home. That's like, dad. That's just, dad of the year. Oh, yeah. yeah that's what's <laughs> He really up. is. Like, He knew, like, okay, I know that this girl needs me. Like, she needs somebody there for her, right? Yeah. So as I'm talking to my mom on the phone, like, my dad is driving down, just to spend a few hours and drive right back. Like, you need that. You need somebody who's in your corner. And that's what I want to be for kids who may not have it or kids who are going through and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it can't be everything that I went through can be for nothing feel what I'm saying? So, like, I have to find a way to get my story out there. Now that I'm mature enough to tell it, I have to (laughs) find a way to get it out there and find people to tell it to and find kids to grab on to and be like, hey, like, you're in a great position. You're, you know, you're this, that, and the third. You're really, really great at what you do. Mm -hmm. Let me hold your hand a little bit and help you get to the place that you want to go. Like, I feel like if I had that, not to mention if I had more of a love for the game, like, maybe I would have played for longer amounts of time. No, mm-hmm. but you
0: know, you never know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what would you um, I guess you in a sense you answered it but I'm going to ask you directly if you had anything to share mm-hmm. with freshmen that are in college now people who are having a hard time mm-hmm. and like how am I going to get to the finish line Like, what would you tell a college student as a sense of encouragement or any advice what would that be
1: um, remember where you can get out of it and where you can go yeah. right so you're already in the situation you've already finished you know so much amount of time is it worth throwing it all away Um, you've already look I'd say make a list of everything that you've gained from it so far mm-hmm. right so whether it be physical things whether it be mental things like hey I'm tougher like yeah. I got through last year and it was really tough and this that and the third happened Um, I'd also tell them don't be afraid to move on right yeah. so like um, I think a lot of times we go somewhere and we're like, I have to finish. That's how it was at Florida State. I'm like, I don't care how bad it is, how bad I feel, how depressed I am. Like, I have to finish because I'm not a quitter. Yeah. But there's strength in leaving too, right? So mm-hmm. there's strength in saying, you know what, this is not for me. This is not working. Maybe I didn't make the best decision. There's so many schools and so many opportunities and so many degrees. To be honest, my degree looks just as good as on paper as a degree from a place that nobody's ever even heard of. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Or a town that nobody's ever even heard of. That degree, people, employers just want to see that you finish something. Yeah. Right? So if you if you feel like you really, really can't go on, there's no shame in redirection. Or there's no shame in saying, you know what, this is not working, but I can pull this, that, and the third from the ashes and build it up and go... And finish somewhere else no shame in that there's no shame in smaller schools. There's no shame in jucos There's no shame in community colleges. There's no shame in getting better So just because you're not going to a top division one schools there's division two there's division three There's community college and to be honest the people that I know who went division two and division three I haven't met one person who said that they didn't enjoy their college experience So if I can go back and do it all over again I probably wouldn't go to a top Division one school. Yeah. I would go either mid-major or Division two, have the time of my life, maybe still be playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think it was just lack of information. And not to down the people who are in my corner because a lot of times, like I said, my parents, they just didn't know. Like this yeah. was the first time going through that process. Like, yeah, my sisters played in college, but it was pretty much like, okay this school is looking at me that sounds good let's go or that school's looking at me but I had a plethora of options mm-hmm. so i didn't know they didn't know you know what i'm saying so i would say definitely don't be scared to start over um or don't be scared to go somewhere to explore the unknown and and be in a place that people may not know about because you probably have the most fun there anyways yeah
0: and you made a excellent point the concept of just because you break something doesn't mean you're broken. Like Just because you break a cycle, you break your initial trajectory towards a different direction doesn't mean that you obviously don't know what you're doing. Because there are a lot of people that make that decision young, and there are Mm -hmm. people that even make that decision later on in life, like 50s and 60s. And at that point, society has tried to um, convince us that we should be at a certain point at, due to the decades, the like 20s and 30s and 40s. Right. But life doesn't happen that way. And um, I just, I really, it's, it's so cool you said that because the two people I think about is Alan Iverson and Kevin Garnett. Um, I I heard about his situation before he got into the NBA. He was actually one of the first athletes to actually go straight to the NBA. And his situation was like, you like, there's no, cause he was involved in altercation. Mm-hmm allegedly and i was like wow like, how is he going to get out of that because they stereotyped him but he ended up becoming one of the greatest athletes of all time even iverson and goes to show that your past does not even your current situation does not define the direction that you're headed and you touched base on that and i i'm glad that you're saying that and i'm glad that you're saying everything you're saying because a lot of people are not gonna be informed of this
1: mm-hmm. until they hear this. Yeah.
0: Even while they're in school and they're surrounded by these advisors mm-hmm. and these people who are informative but not sharing the information. Right. You gotta
1: go and get it. Yeah. You gotta go and get it. Like there's when I was at um LaSalle, that's where I did my last two years of school and that's mm-hmm. where I got my masters from. When I first got there I wasn't on track to get my masters in my fifth year. Yeah. So I went to my advisor and I let them know like, hey, I'm trying to get my masters and she's like, Well, you're not going to be able to because you still have this many more classes that you have to do next semester." And I'm like, forget that. What do I need to do now in order for me to get my degree in that fifth year? Right? Because yeah. they're not going to, like I said, they're not going to seek you out and be like, hey, you have the opportunity to get your master's in four or five years, do you want to do it? Like, no, nah, that ain't real. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what they're going to do. I'm yeah. not going to beg you to spend their money, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to them and those la- that last year, I had to take seven classes a semester in order for me to finish on time. And then in order to do the one-year master program, I had to do five master's classes a semester and then do, I think it was like three or four that last summer. And luckily my coach, um, that's one of the reasons why I went there. I was like, if you can promise me that you'll pay for the summer after I get finished with school to finish my master's, then I'll come here. And he was like, yeah, I can make that happen. So that was the difference, actually. I wanted to go to a different school. She couldn't promise me that. (laughs) I was like, forget that. (laughs) So I went to the school where I was promised that last semester to finish out my education, but I would have never known that had I not gone to the advisor and been proactive in what I wanted to do. Yeah. So those last two years were it's hectic yes it's hard yes but it's very doable right so it's unheard of like usually people are taking three and four classes a semester and finishing in their four years forget that if i got to do and then i you know i transfer it so you lose a lot yeah right so essentially i had to that one year there was one year that was completely wasted none of those credits wow. for like a year would transfer because i had too many so seven classes a semester you know what i'm saying doing the masters in one year Doing five classes at a time, like having that whatever it takes attitude. Yeah, that's important. You have to go and get it because it definitely they're not going to just serve it to you. On yeah. the clutter. that's a lot. That was that it was, 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 a was a lot. lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, but that's the end of our unfortunately that's the end of our time. Uh, but I do want to thank you for one thing in particular, and it's being informative. No problem. Um, a lot of even you said a lot of things that I didn't even know. And I've been out of school for five years and I have to go back as a post-bac um, for other reasons. Um, but the mindsets that we have now versus what we had as freshmen yeah. and to be able to, like if I saw myself, mm-hmm. be, I would slap, I would literally slap myself yes. in the back of the head as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you idiot. Like you you have no idea like what this is inside of you. Mm-hmm. You, haven't been, you haven't exposed yourself to it yet. But I'm telling you, you just need to, but at the same time, if we would have never made those decisions, we'll be who we are. Exactly. So, uh, but Ebony, I really thank you again. Yeah, for thanks your time. for having me. Uh, thank you for sharing. Uh, for those of you who are listening, this is The Glory in Our Stories, Freshman Edition, episode um, 68. I'm sorry, 58. I'm 10 episodes ahead. 58 with myself and Miss Ebony Wells.